Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. For our oldest and most loyal listeners out there, we wanted to let you know about our new Patreon page. Outside of our careers and time spent with family, the three of us here at Maltopia have been working every night and weekend for the past five years, building our company into what it is today. With your help, our goal is to make Maltopia our livelihood allowing us to bring you higher quality content, exciting new podcast series and published works, and a large central community for you to take part in. As a thank you for your support, we're offering exclusive perks and bonus content. 
like early access to podcast episodes, behind-the-scene creator videos, and more. Go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia today and explore our membership levels. And be sure to scroll through for free public content, some of which gives you a sneak peek at what you can expect when you become a member. From Mark, Steve, and Walker, thanks again for enjoying our podcast, and we hope to meet you soon on Patreon. Dawn was clearing the sky of any recalcitrant darkness, and Eric sat quietly upon the stoop of the ancient house, evaluating. He'd taken a cigarette from the open pack Mars left on the counter, wondering as he was off to do, about matters straddling both sides of the grave. When he heard gravel of the driveway crunching underfoot, he assumed it was Keith returning from one of his long walks. Never too early for a cig, huh? Called out a voice that was distinctly not Keith's. Eric jolted upright, as if he'd been caught pilfering a cookie jar. Sorry, didn't mean to catch you off guard. It was just that I was uh, out for a stroll when I saw you sitting there. Figured I'd step over and say hello. The man was wide-shouldered and brawny a long, unkempt beard lying thickly atop his chest. While the man presented himself casually enough, his eyes were all business, staring deeply into the Englishman, evaluating him. Ah, yes. Um, I guess I was just a bit too much into my own world. Um, I'm Eric, and it's a pleasure to meet you. A pleasure to meet another dead witcher, that is, of course. Eric immediately wondered what strange power lived within the man. I'm Greg. Nice to meet you. I'm back there on uh, Devon Street with the rest of the Wanderers. They must have given you a fancy schmancy name, huh? He was one of William Church's people. Eric immediately became focused. There was no telling what might happen. We're the passengers. I I suppose it's not too bad, as far as names go. What's that? Looks like a <laughs> looks like a laser gun. The wanderer chuckled, screwing his face up at the kill harness where it poked out from beneath his sleeve. There was no reason to be coy, Eric thought. It's called the kill harness. <laughs> Why, Eric? Are you in danger of becoming assertive? The dead knot chortled, sidling up to his brother's mind. Greg seemed taken off his own guard by the Englishman, looking a bit less comfortable. That's a hell of a name, Greg laughed. 
recovering a bit, but taking a small step backwards. Did you guys know that we have meetings every Thursday night? Just to keep everyone on the same page, Greg intoned with a trace of authority. The company has meetings here in the city. Eric used the question to gain a few seconds before having to say anything definitive. No, 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 no not the company. Mr. Church likes to get everyone together. You know, talk about things. He sort of organizes things around here. The man emphasized the word organizes, as if it were just a euphemism for runs things. I see. Well, I'll certainly pass along the invite. Uh, who knows, you just might see us there. Eric took a pull from his cigarette, but there was nothing left. Gregory chuckled when the Englishman inhaled only his breath. Yeah, well, uh, it's kind of mandatory. Everyone shows up. Everyone. Eric despised bullies, even the preternatural variety. Now, um, you have me wondering, Gregory, if this was an accidental meeting at all. It's just Greg. And after all we've been through, you still believe in accidents? Look, just be there, okay? Is this what I'm supposed to ask? And what if we don't? Look, we all gotta swim in the same pond, right? Why not just go with a flow? Eric found himself getting angry. The compliant Eric died hundreds of years ago. And as for the dead knot, he remained silent, likely curious as to how things might turn out. I don't fancy being threatened, Greg, Eric said solemnly, tossing his cigarette butt over his shoulder. The wanderer snickered again. So you don't, uh, you don't fancy, eh? You don't really want to go around with me, fancy paints. Just pass the message along and... I'll see you Thursday night, okay? I suppose it's more a question of who the machine favored with the better gift, isn't it? Eric found himself actually taking a step towards the Melsapian. It uh, doesn't always work that way, you see. A lot of times, it comes down to the man. Experience. And I'm willing to bat you all soft in the middle. In fact, I'm willing to do a lot more than bet. Greg shrugged off his coat and threw it to the ground. You really want to do this, fancy pants? Eric found the front yard looking too much like a very particular tavern, and Gregory looking like a too familiar drunken soldier. Ahem, <clears throat> how is everyone this fine, crisp morning? Keith said from behind, his head tilted in befuddlement. Eric and Greg broke off their stairs only long enough to locate the speaker. Mr. Gregory here stopped by to threaten us into attending the court of the apparent king of Deadwich. The consequences of opting out are quite dire, or so I'm told. Eric, is everything all right? It was Hazel calling out from the front door. I suppose that depends on Mr. Gregory here. Is everything okay? Eric sneered at the wanderer. Oh, what? You guys gonna gang up on me, that it? Do your worst, passengers. Greg seemed steadfast in his course, rolling up his sleeves and backing up sufficiently to get all the new faces in view. Well, now that you mention it. Before Keith could follow up his show opener, 
A corona of light washed the yard and even some of the house in its refulgence. Eric felt like he'd been subsumed in some kind of gelatin, as the light seemed to possess substance, resistance. He found himself capable of only the slowest movement. Even his thoughts were sluggish. Before he knew it, his kill harness was being torn from his arm, the pain of the tube leaving the vein, excruciating. Steal yourself, brother. The best outcome of this is that he might indeed succeed at killing you. You may rest assured, however, his death will be more long-lasting than your own. So much for your kill harness, eh, fancy pants? Greg quipped, tossing the object behind him. The man seemed quite capable of moving in the bizarre field, and at an incredible speed at that. In short order, Keith had been delivered a haymaker from the husky Malsapien, the blood from the blow barely crawling through the air. Next, Hazel was tumbling down the steps in slow motion, where Greg had thrown her. Eric could see the woman's power trying to escape, visible as a creeping bloom of foggy energy. Apparently, time itself was subordinate to the man's strange power. After collecting the passengers into a crumpled pile, by means of a number of sharp kicks to arrange them just so, he said, Now, I'm only going to say this once. You either do what you're told, or... The man abruptly broke off his ultimatum and seized his eyes and grunted. He was on the ground in seconds, desperately waving his arms and legs as if searching for something to latch onto. Mars and Lynn appeared behind the man when the debilitating field withdrew back into the writhing wanderer, the sun-stealer's eyes black as death. Mars gathered the man from the ground with one arm and pinned him against a tree. Turn it down a bit, Lynn. Let him know. Mars growled over his shoulder to the black-eyed passenger. Greg jolted with renewed awareness as he awakened into Mars's grip. You pop that field again, and she'll toss you into the fucking void and throw away the key. You got it? The man nodded as sweat formed upon his brow. Before Mars could continue, a fist slammed into the Wanderer's jaw. Eric would have connected a second time had Mars not caught his fist. Jesus, e easy, Eric, I got him. Bloody prick. I'll break your goddamn skull, Eric bellowed. Hazel gently took the Englishman by the arm. It's all right, Eric. We're all okay. Take it easy. Eric glared to the kill harness where it lay on the ground. Don't even think about it. It'll just make things ten times worse, she said sternly. Why, Eric, I knew we were brothers, but twins. <laughs> The dead knot roared with laughter. After Eric surrendered to Hazel, Mars turned back towards Greg and broke his nose with a crashing backhand. If Eric wants to take a poke at you, I gotta assume you deserve it. Mars turned for a moment to nod at Eric, Hazel shaking her head in irritation. Perhaps we might all take a deep breath and sort all of this out like civilized monsters, Keith intoned, his signature smile beaming. Eric looked toward Lynn, waiting for her to assume control, but she only stood there, eyes like black stars. All right, everyone get a fucking grip. 
Hazel yelled with a tinge of authority, stalking to where the bleeding man slumped in Mars's grip. You gave us your message, now get the fuck out of here. Mars was looking at Hazel confusedly, apparently not sure if he should comply. Just let him go, Mars, Lynn finally said. I'm sure he realizes what will happen to him, or anyone else who seeks to do us harm. Lynn's eyes seemed to sap the reality of the moment, turning the scene artificial, all the turmoil unfolding upon a cardboard stage. Eric felt his passions wilt beneath her gaze, a numbness washing over him. Mars kicked the man onto his side. You heard her. Get the fuck going. The wanderer staggered to his feet, cupping his bleeding, crooked nose. As he watched Greg stumble down the street, Eric realized they were all being watched. The citizens of Deadwich had come out to observe the dust-up. Some were peering from windows, others watching from their porches, all the faces holding a look of worry, if not fear. Something tells me we're in for some trouble, the Englishman sighed. Hazel took his hand and followed his gaze. Yep. They found him in a small house on the outskirts of the town of Kingsven. His home was an edifice of crude materials but exemplary construction. A signpost, they believed. Regardless, this was where their quest had brought them. The final possibility. All other roads had led only to myths and the products of biological aberration. This was the last place the legend of the green children of Woolpit pointed to where their descendants had most likely ended up. The story was considered a true account by the members of the Overreich. How two green children had wandered out of a cave sometime during the 12th century, speaking of a secret twilight city beneath the earth. To the German occultists, this was proof positive for an ancient progenitor race secreted away underground, and was but one of many tales that suggested as much. While the lesser-informed Nazi cults and cabals entertained the notion of the Ehrenvolk, proto-Aryan descendants of Atlantis, the Overreich knew the forgotten race as the Mithra, a sublime walk of life originating from an altogether different and far more advanced prehistoric city, Antilles. This insight the rulers of the cult kept to themselves, as they had even greater aspirations than the Fuhrer himself. When the exhausted Nazi team entered the strange house that was nearly lost to Bramble and Thicket, they looked upon the boy with the golden eyes, and they knew their quest fulfilled. Ingrin was schooled in the history of his so-called kind, a bygone walk of superbeings who held sway over a vast and now extinct empire. His teachers were the greatest occultists that the Nazis had to offer, and yet his mind never bent to their catechism though their academic lessons he thoroughly devoured. An established intellectual at the age of twelve, Angren fulfilled the expectations of his masters, if not exceeding them altogether. He was schooled in all the sciences of his day, and many that were well before their time. Yet the pupil of so many teachers was unsatisfied with the extent of his learning, always craving more. It was his cultivated hunger for knowledge as well as the will of his keepers, that at last brought him before the maw of the machine, to learn that final Sophoclean lesson. How terrible is wisdom 
when it brings no profit to the wise. When he stepped from the Melengen, he was no longer human, or even Mithric, if his tutors had it right. He was now Oversapien, the most powerful of his kind, and would remain so, for a time. He used his new powers to locate and excavate a forgotten Mithra city, the only one left standing, according to certain ancient texts. It had no name time remembered, and so he called it the Lost Kingdom, his Lost Kingdom, and took to haunting its great, if ruined, halls. The place soon filled with the industry of the Overreich, and was made into one of their principal abodes, a development that never sat well with the mighty Oversapien. After his uprising, and the subsequent annihilation of the Overreich, Angren, through sheer force of his will, moved the entire city through the earth to a new and clandestine location to serve his needs and the needs of his kindred, his subjects. Now he sat upon the cold prehistoric throne of his ancestors, his head heavy, even more so the crown that hung over it. All that was left of his kind had been gathered once again beneath the prevailing stone of his ancestral home, and once again it was for the sake of strictest survival. All of them had been replaced to the past. All their post-machine endeavors toppled in a fraction of the time it took to raise them. Huddled together like scared children, they peered into the night with fear and trembling, for the machine was out there, and it would soon be upon them. But Angren was not one to squander wisdom, for what knowledge the Strahd had imparted had been immediately acted upon. If the machine had enemies, he would find them. Importantly, these enemies were nothing less than the machine's own children, and most important of all, they had defeated the thing. He took a deep breath when he sensed the investigatory team cross the threshold of the Lost Kingdom, the team that he'd sent in search of these potential allies. He'd lost contact with the group days ago and feared the worst. His brow furrowed when he realized their number had been diminished. As they drew closer, he could smell blood and sweat. When the Oversapien entered his chambers, men and women who might be gods, they were uniformly battered and worried. Angren looked to Strogen, one of his most accomplished warriors. I think we've found what the Strahd hinted at. He emphasized the word what. But I don't know how they could possibly help us. Why don't you let me be the judge of that? Where are the others? Ingrin was outwardly stern, but inwardly his heart broke for his people, their numbers shrinking by the day, it seemed. Yes, they took them. Monsters the likes I've never encountered. They were upon us in a second. No two the same. Just legions of demonic things. We used the Harrow Box to find them. It took us very deep into the Adirondack Mountains. We barely managed to escape. Adrian and Grath gave their lives so the rest of us could flee. What have I done? I forged an alliance with a force that could be every bit the threat the machine is, and I sent two of my people straight into death. The monarch bemoaned to himself. They 
They swarmed us, erupting from the ground beneath our feet. I looked back, and I saw what happened to them, Adrian and Greth. The things tore them apart, devoured them, even as they tried to fight back. They, they didn't deserve such a fate. Not after what they'd been through, what we've all been through. All of this, Strojan gestured to the room and to his fellow Oversapiens, only to be eaten alive by beasts. As Strojan spoke, the remains of the team could only look to the floor, mortified. I'm not even sure the things are sentient, Strojan added after a pause. The last king nodded at the gathered Oversapien, and the door behind them swung open, the signal that the meeting had ended. When he was alone once more, and the darkness pushed back against the waning candles, Indrin Kai wept the tears of a king. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. To help us grow and spread the word, we'd love nothing more than for you to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter for the latest original artwork and important updates. And for even more about our ever-growing literary world, head to Maltopia.com to read our dark fiction and gain access to giveaways and discounts with our newsletter. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,